Knockout Ginger, episode 24 with Dan Fortan. Monster bass player, composer, you fucking name it. Band leader. Super stoked that he sat down to talk with me for a bit. And uh, that's it. Thanks for listening. Email me at knockoutginger at gmail.com. F all the haters. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I don't like that. <laughs> uh, we uh, our kitchen sink's broken, man. And, I'm sorry uh, about that. No, it's fine. It's, <laughs> it's still was, broken though. It's like, supposed to be a joke. I don't know. I was supposed to lighten the mood. <laughs> <laughs> it's still though. Wasn't that like a week ago or two weeks ago? Damn. Maybe a week ago. That's a that's a big drag. Yeah, I don't. We're we're still using it, right? And water's not coming out of yeah. it. Yeah. So. Oh God! I mean, there's yeah. There's a long list of things in my apartment that don't work that I still use. It's not it not working is not does not mean I won't use it. That's that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know this guy? He wears a dashiki. Really? Apparently. Uh okay. So some red, I might have to, uh, no, I'm not going to cut this out. I'm going to fucking turn it up. (laughs) Uh, We have one rule. What's the rule? As a white jazz musician, no dashikis. (laughs) That's it. Pretty straightforward. That's the one. (laughs) Yeah, man. Um, Yeah, I don't, I I know I've, uh, but and I think maybe I've met him maybe once in passing. There there used to be a jam session at the Linsmore Tavern in the East End. You know that spot? It's nope. it's like by Greenwood Subway Station. Um, uh, Russ Macklem, uh, who's a trumpet player, who I thought I heard he's moving back to town. Maybe he he just he was in school with in in Miami with Sam Dickinson at um, doing a doctorate down there. Anyway, and cool. he ran a jam session at the Linsmore Tavern. I think that's what, I think I met him there a couple times. It's, it's, you know, it's funny. I feel like I don't end up on the other side of the river that often. Yeah. Disgusting. (laughs) (laughs) No, I like it. Every time I'm over there, I'm like, why don't I come here more? Yeah, no, it's great. No, it's, it's, it's awesome. Yeah. I was there yesterday for, for rehearsal and, and, you know, I was wandering around. It was great. Yeah. It's awesome. They got, you know, Messini's and Alexandro's right there. And, uh, uh, good burger. Uh, oh, is it called Good Burger? Good, good boy, big boy, oh, f- big boy. Fo- uh, wait, Square Boy, Square Boy, Square Boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the Burger Place. Yeah. yeah, that's a classic. <laughs> that's a classic. Well, I always like going out there because there's the, the only cafe, which is a bar out there, mm-hmm. and there's an also an only cafe in Peterborough where I grew up. Uh, so it's kind of like, is it the same? It it looks the same on the inside. Like different owners at this point. They originally were had the same owners, but it's the same decor and everything. Um. The one in Toronto has, I would say, like a better tap selection and um, is, isn't as famous for rude service. <laughs> uh, the Peterborough Peter one. one. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, yeah, it's, uh, I mean, it's the place I, I go hang whenever I'm in Peterborough. Nice. Um, but 
yeah, it's it's a great bar. They've got music there sometimes too. I think Sam Dickinson uh, plays gigs there every once in a while. Speaking of Sam, again, cool. I've last time I was there, I ran into him actually. I think um, another. So I took us off the rails to talk some trash, but <laughs> we're talking about uh, imitating each other or whatever. Oh yeah, right. People finding just like latching onto a certain thing that other people do sure um whether it's musical or not i don't know sam very well at all mm-hmm. and i i've only ever seen uh his dad bruce play oh brian I've never brian fuck yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah bruce is iron maiden bruce yeah Dickinson. that's right <laughs> yeah that's right. He, he's the guy who can pilot his own plane right I don't know. I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah, I think Bruce Dickinson is like a pilot. And so he flies. They have like a 747 with a big painting of, um, oh man, what's his, what's the skeleton's name in Iron Maiden? Uh, I don't know. Eddie. I'm not Eddie sure. or something? I can't remember. Anyway, there's an Iron Maiden plane and Bruce Dickinson flies it. That's crazy. Isn't that insane? Like he doesn't, you know, he doesn't go on the plane to like, you know, you know, catch up on, on, you know, whatever bad marvel movie is out he goes to fly the plane the <laughs> man nuts. knows no rest it's it's totally crazy anyway i just i just derailed i just derailed you now. we like derailing yeah, yeah, yeah. here on the knockout ginger podcast <laughs> yeah uh what were we talking about i called brian oh Bruce yeah, yeah right, by right, accident. Right, right, right right okay yeah uh, it's crazy how uh sam and brian have the same like body Oh yeah, it's totally, like, yeah. Like, it's it's like yeah, they're very very similar. <laughs> like like father like son for yeah. sure for sure. Should, should I turn a light on? It, we're just. Are, I guess it's you? that. I mean, I'm fine, you know. But it, I guess it is like five o'clock, which is <laughs> light turning on hour. Yeah, ex- apparently. Guess. Now, in uh, in uh, what month is it? <laughs> Jan- January. January. The lights are on. For Very those good. of you keeping score, feel free to call in. <laughs> yeah. Chaos. We've fallen off the rails oh, yeah, several yeah, times yeah, for already, sure. For which sure. is the point of this podcast. Very good. I can't keep track, though, at this point. <laughs> what just happened? Um, Iron Maiden, Bruce, Brian. Yeah. Piloting, piloting your own. Sam and Brian sound great. Yeah, absolutely, man. <laughs> Yeah. 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 And here we are. Yeah. We're back. <laughs> and we're back. Yeah. Um uh, did you uh you went to Yeah. Yeah. Uh I finished in 2007. And Brian is Yes. Yeah, I think he taught me before I got there maybe. But um yeah, he's the head of piano. Um at um, I always love hearing him play. I've only played with him a couple times, actually, but he's yeah, he's great. It's very always very nice too. Totally, yeah, totally. Uh, who did you? Who were you studying with? Uh, mostly Jim Vivian. Nice um, for for three years, which was awesome. Uh, he's a great, really great teacher, um, uh, and he's taught a lot of great bass players. Uh, and I studied with Dave Young for a year too, uh, which was, which was also great. Although the whole year was kind of a write off for me because I had, um, like a, like comp- nerve compression in my shoulder. So it's the, um, your alder nerve, like your funny bone nerve. So, which meant my little finger and half of my 
ring finger would go numb. Um, largely just to playing because I was playing with tension all the time. Mm-hmm. It took me a long time to correct that. So that whole year I was completely preoccupied with like trying not to play in a way that was going to get that thumb going numb. So it kind of made me insane a little bit, unfortunately, but I learned a lot, a lot of good stuff from Dave too. Um, but yeah, just those two guys. Nice. Uh, that's a pretty, they're pretty different. Very much so. Yeah, no, it was great. Like having the, you know, the, the the two different perspectives, you know, um, like with, with Dave, you know, we did a lot of, um, there was a lot of, you know, I, I, there was a lot of Arco, Arco stuff with, with both of them. Um, I guess with Dave, it was a lot more like exercise specific stuff. And with Jim, it was a bit more like, I don't know, I don't know how to put it exactly, but, um, like really like, you know, um, down to the very roots, like fundamental of exactly what you're doing and how to, how you're doing it. And, um, you know, uh, it, and it was, it was great. Um, it really shaped the way I play for sure. And the way I teach too, for that matter. Hmm. Um, yeah. You know, I'm still figuring it out. Like I taught, uh, for several years, um, like first when I, when I first got out of school, um, which was great. It was, I, I finished school and, um, around that time, John Maharaj moved to New York for a year. So when he left, um, he recommended that I take over for him the year. Shout out, shout out John. Yeah. Uh, which uh, was awesome. Listener favorite. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and, um, yeah, which was, which was, uh, which was great. So I taught there a long time and, um, and then, uh, stopped because I was just kind of out of town too much. And with younger students, it's, you know, they need kind of more consistency. You can't like sub it all the time. So, and I didn't teach at all for a while. Um, and although I've, I, yeah, I guess I also had some private students come my way. I think my first student, private student at my house was Matt Fong. Um, ah. yeah, which was, which was great. Like my first year out of school, um, uh, Matt would, come over like i think on sundays or something like that well when he was i think i guess he was probably in grade 12 or something like that and work on stuff um he was great um i've still never heard him play oh really uh, upright well i haven't heard him play upright in a long time he's a really great upright player like even when he was in high school he he you know he just kind of had a sound like he produced this great sound on the instrument um but um you know i i and i you know the current stuff Matt's doing is awesome. That Future Machines records so wicked, mm-hmm. um, and you know I've heard them a couple times, and it's 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 so great. Crazy band, it's a crazy band. It's really good, you know. Um, but yeah, I mean he's a great guitar player too. So, you know, yeah, he's good yeah. at everything. He needs yeah. to fucking relax. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, and then yeah, and then teaching wise, yeah. So I and I started uh, teaching this year. Uh, That's awesome. Fall. Yeah, it's great. I love it. Do you have a lot of students? Uh, just a couple um, for yeah for for this year. Hopefully, maybe maybe one or one or two more next year as well. It always depends on you know numbers, etc., yeah. etc. Et but I really like it. Did you replace someone, or did they just bring you in? No, they just just added on. Nice. Um, you know, I, I guess the program's been getting a little bit bigger, and um, 
uh, Chris Donnelly and Ernesto, uh, the other two thirds of the band of Myriad Three, teach there too. And and I know Jim Lewis was also interested in having all three of us there um, to maybe do some work uh, kind of as a group. So that's kind of yet to be seen exactly what shape that'll take. But um, that's cool. Yeah, which would be which would be yeah, we'd be really into that because um, those two guys, you know, on top of playing, are also really into the teaching thing. Um, Chris Donnelly's written like extensively about like about teaching and 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 learning. You know, he's got I'm not sure if it's still up. He has a he's he's written some great stuff. He had a blog for a while. I think it's still up. Um so uh yeah, anyway, so now all three of us are there. Um which means there's like five bass teachers, which is which is a lot. Um but it's, you know, um uh, I'm super super happy to be on the on the team yeah now so that's sweet yeah. so you andrew andrew Downing. steve wallace uh jim and dave that's uh that's quite a lineup yeah it's nice man <laughs> i mean it's i you know i'm i'm thrilled like those you know i've listened to those guys so much yeah um you know since i've come to town like it's yeah i'm yeah it's uh humbling you know Man, there's not a lot of room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, you know, I think there's always, I think there's always room. Yeah, you that's know? the thing. Yeah, there, there's always room. Like, uh, you know, Toronto's also, also always been a bass town. There's always been lots of bass players, yeah. as far as I can tell, anyway. It's um, such a thing. It's such a thing. Yeah. You know, I mean, you and John were talking, I've talked about this on, on the episode you did with him. Like, it's such a bass town. Um, and I'm not exactly sure what that is. I mean, there's great bass teachers, for one thing. You know, we listed those guys at, but then, mm throughout the city like you know um at the other schools like there's just there's a bunch of really good teachers yeah um and uh i mean i'm yeah like you know and this is another thing you and john talked about the the you know range of younger players like early 20 bass players is is you know there's some really great musicians yeah in this town who i'm yeah i'm very excited to see that it's always it's always great you know if um you know, you see younger musicians who are doing really well and they're playing. You're like, oh, good. The, you know, the scene didn't collapse uh, while my generation was taking care of it or whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? True. <laughs> I also think it's crazy how, I think I've, I've talked about this on a couple podcasts, how yeah. different all of the bass players sound. Totally, man. Yeah. There no, was I, there was maybe a time where there was like a very specific Toronto thing. And I think yep. we've sort of grown out of that. Yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty all over the place. Like there's, you know, um there's a lot of really great straight ahead players and a lot of players who've got more of a kind of, you know, the contemporary um sort of like Larry Grenadier kind of thing. Um and then, uh, you know, great improvisers too, like people who just, who, you know, free, like free improvisers. Um, yeah, I know it's awesome. It's, it's, it's great. I mean, and that's kind of the case across all instruments, but, but it feels like bass, especially yeah. in this, in this town these days. It's really easy to, um, not get caught up for me anyway, to get caught up in like, I don't really like envy or get sure like, jealous of sure other people getting gigs because i just feel like we're all so different like, I, I feel like there's no one in my way or something no like abso- that, you know? absolutely i mean i've never been a i've never you know when i was younger there was definitely like yeah. i was definitely kind of more competitive about stuff but you just got to realize like you know this isn't like 
this isn't like sports where it's like everything's quantifiable, you know, um, like people are going to get chosen for, are going to get asked to do different gigs for different reasons. It's just, that's just kind of the way it goes. And, and, you know, that helps also if, if everybody kind of helps kind of cultivate that attitude, that's just going to help everybody, um, be a bit more honest about the way they play and and about what kind of music they like and, and what direction they want to take things, you know, as opposed to like feeling pressure to like get this certain thing together so they can get this gig or they can fall into this, you know, like fall into this, this bag or whatever, you know? Uh Um, it's kind of one of the nice things I feel like in, 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 um, in Toronto is because it's a big city and there's, there's a ton of musicians, but the scene isn't as, um, like you don't have to, people don't, don't necessarily have to specialize as much. Like there's a bit more tolerance for people kind of jumping between scenes and doing different stuff, you know, who people who play some pop stuff and then also play, you know, straight ahead stuff and people who, um, who play free, who also play straight ahead stuff, you know, it's not as like, as like regimented as, as, you know, as it, as it could be. Mm-hmm. Um, not to say that there aren't people who's to operate like that. There are definitely people who are very rigid in, in terms of like who they play with, what kind of stuff they play, where they play, but it's, that's not the, the rule. Yeah. You know, for um, sure. Which, which is good. And I think, yeah. yeah, I think it's, that's definitely for the best. It's a great place right now. Absolutely. Uh, Bill Smith says we're in the golden age of Toronto music. Man, and you know, uh, like if Bill says that, you got to believe Bill because Bill has been, uh, you know, he's been so active seeing music in this city for decades. And also he's been, I was actually, I went, I, I visited Bill yesterday. I was out in the East End, so I went and stopped by his place. He's got, um, he's kept books um, where he's detailed what shows he's seen and who played on them. And it's, it's un- unbelievable. Like, you know, he'll open it up and it'll be like, oh, and you know, there's, there's a lot of like, you know, jazz and improvised stuff, but there's also like, oh, here's the time I saw Jeff Buckley or whatever, you know, it's like, it's like, it's, it's amazing, <laughs> yeah. but it's so cool. And I was talking to him about this because, you know, so often when you read, um, when you read about, um, music you read about like you know what one person did throughout their career but you don't necessarily read about like what happened in one place that's kind of a different angle it's a different story that you hear in Mm -hmm. a way if you just see like all of the stuff that was happening this month in toronto in 1981 or whatever you know um it's it's yeah it's just interesting it's it's interesting it's it's a really it's a really amazing document that's cool yeah that's awesome i didn't know he was doing that Mm-hmm. Is it like current too? Like up? To, oh yeah, he keeps it. Yeah, man. Yeah, and he yeah keeps track of movies and stuff too. Like, it's awesome. I mean, you know, Bill Bill is like a he's a, a hero for you know the music scene in in Toronto. Like, yeah. uh, you know, I aspire to to be that active a listener. You know, um, it's yeah, it's great. It's amazing. We're we're lucky to have him. What are uh, you What are you listening to these days? Uh, nothing. Oh yeah, yeah. Take take taking uh, a break or uh, like that is that intentional? No, it's just happened. Um, I haven't been driving. Oh uh, okay, and that's where you usually listen. Pretty much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And between between working and playing hockey mm-hmm. and not driving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been like just not listening to anything. Right on. I mean, I think that's kind of good though, in a way. Like, I feel like I I go through times where i'm not really like listening to records um and then you know then the scale tips the other way and i'm like 
buying tons of records and listening to tons of stuff. Yeah. Um, what are you checking out? What am I listening to? I have a look at my phone. Um, oh God, what am I listening to? What would that new Dan Weiss trio? Oh yeah. Uh, we're talking about, um, Rob Clutton's record with Tony Malaby. It's great. Listen to a bunch of Christian Wallumrud. Do you know Christian? He's like a Nor- Norwegian. I think he's a Norwegian composer. He's got a bunch of really great records on ECM and and Hubro. Kind of like uh, chamber chambery kind of music. Ah, uh, okay. Arve Hendrickson plays in the band. It's yeah, it's cool. Okay, wait, wait, wait. What else? What else is on here? David Acapinti's new record, the vocal one. Yeah, it's really that's really nice. That Ellery Esklin stuff I was talking about. Um, I love uh, Golden Valley is now. Mm-hmm. Been listening to that a lot. I love that record. Um, the Steve Lehman uh, record with Craig Taborn, too. Yeah, I love that. That's one of my favorite recent I, yeah, records. Yeah, same. It might be my favorite record from from last year. Matt Brewer is just an animal. He's the best. I think he might be the best. Every time I see him, I'm like, well, that was the best thing I've ever heard in my entire <laughs> life. I saw him in I saw him in San Francisco in uh, in um, I guess September with with Steve Lehman's trio and it was absolutely mind boggling. And then of course I, you know, we were talking about how you like end up, you know, imitating people who you like. So I, you know, immediately go home and like raise my base up, up, up a notch, get a little higher. Yeah. He plays it so high, you know, and I guess there's other bass players who do too, but I always see that. I'm like, that's the trick. That's why <laughs> I don't sound good. I yeah. got to get that bass up. I play mine pretty high. Yeah, that's right. You and do I'm too. not sure it's doing me any favors. I just find I get uh, it. I makes my left arm sore. Yeah, okay. for me it's like uh, it keeps me loose. Yeah, 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 yeah. The neck yeah. high and keeping my elbow down. Yeah, it's it's funny, you know. I I always I'm always altering the height of it. I've kind of settled with it like a little bit higher. Like the nuts usually like kind of you know a couple inches higher than my eyebrow. Um. But I'm always, I feel like I'm always kind of altering it a little tiny bit. Mm-hmm. It's like, um, it's like when you're watching baseball and, and somebody's going through a hit, bad hitless streak and is just like starting to, you know, it's like, oh, no, he's not, um, we switched to uh, the full length pants and um, <laughs> not wearing glasses and no batting gloves. Oh, and I, apparently he switched to a uh, bat that's half an ounce lighter. You know, just like all these tiny, yeah. tiny Change to cinnamon gum. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> cinnamon gum, exactly. Um, yeah, it's not chewing uh, chewing tobacco anymore. It's just a just a chunk of hash. Um, yeah, no, it's like, and uh, yeah. So I always feel like I'm kind of like tinkering a little bit, trying to get it just right. Because I also find like I'll also get hurt if it's too low. You know. Yeah. Um, too low is such a problem. Big time. Although those people who do it, like I was, I. You know, I saw I was at Hans Klavishnik a little while ago. He's a wicked bass player, and he plays yeah. it pretty low. Yeah, he sounds amazing. You know, um, uh, back in when I was in school the first time, I had a weird shoulder thing going on. Oh so yeah. So I took the end pin out, and I just put a rubber stopper on the. Oh yeah. On the holder, so I was playing super low for a while. Oh yeah. Was that did that hurt help at all? Uh yeah yeah nice. And then once I sort of got it together i sort of realized that higher was better but, yeah yeah um, i mean i'm a big fan of getting the right hand down to the bottom of the fingerboard i think that's that's you know yeah. that's kind of where i like to like to play so um depending on the, you know depending on the bass that can be kind of tricky so um yeah i don't know but yeah. it's, it's hard not to get super finicky and just change stuff all the time i was fine 
you know, not just with like setup, with actually just like like technically and stuff too. You know, um, I feel like I'm I you know I feel like I'm always like trying to settle on one thing, but I'm always I just always I'm always just oh, well I could adjust this little tiny thing here and this angle here. You know, um, I guess that's just the way it's always going to be though. Yeah, that's fine. how it goes. When yeah. you play a thing that's not designed for humans. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just part of the process. Yeah, can you imagine them designing that today? It's like, or, or like a violin. It's like, um, yeah, no. So we've got this instrument. You got to hold it under your chin, like by your neck. Yeah, that is gonna rub against your neck. Yeah, no, 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 not not like a guitar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's absurd. And you got to put a rag on it so it doesn't leave a mark on your neck. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Man, it's, yeah, some wild shit. But, yeah. I mean, it's already happening, I guess, like the silent basses and electric uprights and stuff. Yeah, I don't like, I can't, I can't get yeah. down with those though. Yeah, it's not. I, I even have, a, I even have a hard time. I mean, I, I travel with a, with a Chadwick sometimes. And yeah. I have a hard time with that because it doesn't make that much acoustic sound. So I always end up feeling like I'm hearing more, like more amp and I'm kind of like, ugh, am I in tune? And it's like, what am I, you know, do I know what I'm doing? I, where am I? You know, yeah. you get into like a whole tailspin yeah yeah i've studied this instrument for this many years <laughs> yeah yeah why am i doing this <laughs> yeah exactly um, what can i eat after the gig yeah this yeah. is going so poorly Which, like <laughs> yeah do we get a deal on food at this bar <laughs> yeah exactly i wonder if i get a free soda yeah 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 good call um on on that note playing my checkies for so long yeah and having not much acoustic sound, mm-hmm. I think I learned a ton about sound and making sound. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean that makes sense if if you know your base if you know if your base isn't doing you know its regular share of the work in terms of making a sound. You know, yeah, that Just makes like perfect sense. Chilling out and not like uh, not choking it. Yeah. Well, I know there's guitar players who talk about playing like practicing without an amp to try and focus on getting a good acoustic sound, you know, uh, which obviously isn't necessarily much, you know, and I'm not talking just about like an arch top, like just any electric guitar. You yeah. Know? And I, that makes sense in that, in that respect, you know? Um, Wilbur Ware told Reggie Workman that he had to get off of his base. Really? Yeah. Get back off in, back of his in the base because he was like choking it too much. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, I believe the quote was, uh, "You got to get off it, baby." <laughs> that's beautiful. Yeah, I love Wilbur Ware so much. Yeah, so that much. Vanguard record with Sonny Rollins. It's man. it's unbelievable. What have I been listening to? Um, Dial S for Sonny, mm-hmm. um, Sonny Clark record. I yeah. I was talking with one of my students the other week about uh, starting time Clifford Clifford Jordan record. That's uh, a, that's a deadly record. I don't too. know that one. It's it's great. Um, There's a great Kenny Drew trio record um, where they play a bunch of Rogers and Hart tunes. I'm trying to remember what it, it might be called. Pal Joey. Uh, it's really awesome with F- Philly Joe and uh, and Wilbur Ware. Mm. It's just fantastic. Sweet. Yeah, I'll check that out. Yeah, I love him so much. I don't know many Wilbur Ware records, actually. Um, like of his own, 
or just what he's on. Like, right, I don't right. really have any. Yeah, 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 yeah. Think. There's a bunch. There's a bunch of, of really good stuff. In terms of, of his own, like, there's that record, the Chicago Sound, with know. Johnny Griffith, or Griffin. And um, I, make, I mix them up all the time, too. Yeah, oh, dude. Yeah, no, for sure. For sure, for sure. Um, uh, oh, and then there's, uh, oh, what's it called? The, like, an archival recording came out. It's Wilbur Ware... Ed Blackwell, Don Cherry, and Clifford Jordan. It's a quartet record. It's amazing. This came out like maybe, t- I don't know, five or ten years ago. Huh. Check that out. That's okay. like a Wilbur Ware record. It's it's really good. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. D- did he play with Charlie Parker? Uh, I don't later? think so. Who? Tommy Potter? Well, I forget the name and i also forget where i was going to go with this story so (laughs) (laughs) and scene (laughs) um all right is matt brewer your favorite right now do you think um i feel like i go between like in terms of like uh, contemporary bass players i I feel like i go between matt brewer and ben street a lot Mm. as being like my that's like my favorite you know there's obviously like so many other bass players i love like i've been yeah. listening to a lot of i mean always a lot of larry grenadier uh i love uh desron douglas listen to a lot of joe sanders recently um but those seem to be the two guys that kind of come up the most the most for me um and i've taken a bunch of lessons with both of them um which has been great uh in in both cases they're both really really good teachers too learned a lot of good stuff um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I also feel like I, I, you know, I, I love going and hearing people in town too. I, f- I feel like I learn a lot, you know, in, in a way, like, it, I, I feel like sometimes I feel like I learn more from watching, from actually being at a live concert than I do from a record. Yeah. You know what I definitely. mean? Um, and so as a result, you know, I tend to feel like I learn a lot actually just like going out to shows in, in town, you know, um, it just gives you a lot to think about or, or something you know yeah for sure i also learn a lot uh i learn what i don't want to do in a lot of cases and not out sure of, not out of disrespect no for like, sure no it's for just sure like for sure. learning how to just sort of like find my lane sort of absolutely no absolutely um yeah i mean it, it that also that also helps it just kind of helps you figure out what or not even yeah like what you want to do yeah um exactly you know yeah moving back here has uh straightened a lot of shit out for me i think right on right on that's oh that's great man we're glad we're glad to have you uh thank you glad to be here yeah man it's like i like it right now for yeah. sure yeah no it's a great town I, I yeah i'm just like not worried about other stuff yeah 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 yeah. well i mean you know it's 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 a pretty livable place you know you yeah. can get past the the how expensive it is it's it's a nice it's a, yeah. it's a nice place to live but even still like in comparison oh yeah it's like not even close for sure for sure for sure for sure like having a day job working nine to five and oh, still yeah. being like i'm not sure about rent this month still yeah you're yeah. working 40 hours a week and you still can't make rent yeah. that's in- insane and being here and working a part-time job and being like oh i can breathe yeah no, I have my days to absolutely. practice and hang and absolutely it's it's tragic you know it's tra- it's 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 such a shame that like you know so many of these amazing cities in the world are, are getting too expensive to 
to live in. I mean, having said that, there's obviously so much amazing music and, yeah. and art being made in New York. But yeah. It's, yeah, it's definitely it's definitely way harder, you know. Yeah. There's not, ab- to, not to speak of like San Francisco. Oh my god. It's insane yeah. that place. Yeah. Uh there's like I feel like there's ebbs and flows to everything. Totally. And there's ups and downs. Mm-hmm. Uh and I I just I think that uh New York is at like an uber low right now. Oh and yeah. I feel like Toronto is at a Yeah, at a it very feel, high I mean point. it feels great here. I don't know if I have the perspective to tell exactly, you know. Um like I went back at the beginning of December mm-hmm. and I went to one show. I was there for a week. Oh yeah. And I was just kind of like looking around like okay, where do I go? Yeah. For music. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, I've, I haven't, to be honest, I haven't spent a ton of time there in the last three or four years. Yeah. Um, I was there for a week in November recording, but even then I was pretty much just, we were in the studio the entire time. Yeah. Um, you know, we got out like one day, but otherwise we were just kind of working and I was there to play a show like maybe a year ago. Um, so I don't know if I have the, I don't know if I have the perspective on it or not, but, um, I mean, one of the things that I, I thought, cause you know, I always, I always kind of thought, Oh, I want to move to New York. Um, and it didn't really happen for me because mostly cause I was pretty happy here mm. and with the, the musical relationships that I'd built here. Plus it's close to, you know, it's really close to home for me, right. um, which is amazing. Yeah. Um, but I, I think one of the things that I would find down there is, you know, there's so many musicians, um, and there's, it's, there's so much competition, uh, and I, you know, and I spent a bunch of time down there and I, you know, made some good pals and like really connected with some musicians that I was like, this, these are the kind of people I'd like to play with. But like, you know, um, it wasn't more people than I liked playing with here, you know, right. and, 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 you know, they weren't, they didn't really compare. Right. Um, I just kind of found like there was like this kind of real kind of competitive thing going on that I just didn't really yeah it just didn't click with me for whatever reason yeah you know? it's also like hard to be friends with people right right it, you know if if everybody well i mean if everybody's desperate to pay rent you know yeah. that makes sense like that absolutely yeah. you can understand it you know um but i still yeah i i still love going down there you know yeah. i mean honestly i love going down there i could go down there and you know when i go i tend to just go and go to a lot of shows but i could i also feel like i could just go there and not go to shows just like go to galleries and like you know maybe see see some theater or something yeah or, or or eat or whatever you know yeah. it's just it's like but know. also there's better food here there's great food here too though it's so crazy yeah no absolutely no uh, yeah <laughs> with the exception of shake shack we're doing pretty good <laughs> shake shack's pretty tight uh, yeah that's good that's good stuff yeah i just yeah it's just at the moment being down there i'm just kind of like why why are you all here at right now right but well i mean you know the, I mean, the, 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 the music world will always revolve around New York City. Yeah. Like it just always will. But um, I think it's good if, if there are more, um, you know, if, if the scene isn't as centralized, if it doesn't all resolve, revolve around one place, you know? And I mean, I feel like that's really the case these days. Like, there's, there's great scenes in, in Chicago, you know, Montreal, Toronto, um, LA. Houston, L.A., like, you know... Um, Philadelphia, like I'm just talking about North America, yeah. right? And I'm probably missing a pile of them. Boston, know? Boston, Seattle's got a cool scene. There's great musicians in San Francisco, like everywhere, yeah. right? Um, and I'm I'm sure that's always been the case too. But it's like you know, I'm I'm glad to see that that like I hope I hope that it stays that way, and it, and and that keeps happening, and people don't just move to one one place, you know. Um, 
I just think it's you know it's 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 good for it's good for the music. Yeah, for sure. Mm. It's so easy to stay connected. Yeah, and I don't know. Got it. Like especially now, we got to do everything ourselves. Oh yeah, yeah, and for sure. And it's just like it almost doesn't matter where you live if you got to do the work yourself. Yeah. Anyway, you know. Like, yeah, I mean, it, it's 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 kind of cool actually. That's that's true. It, it is possible to like you don't have to live you know in the middle of the city like you can you can still play and live kind of wherever which yeah. is great you know that's why i'm moving to ibiza ibiza no i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i've always really dug it i mean i, I don't know i've you know I've, I've toured canada a ton and there's i've i i enjoy a lot of cities like there's there's you know there's so much people talk about toronto being like you know, obviously the best place and everything, but I don't know, man. I mean, you know, I love it. It's my favorite place to live, but yeah. there's lots of great places, you know, um, yeah. like there's some, you know, there's, you know, there's, then there's musicians everywhere too. It's another thing to remember, you know, I did a tour with, um, with William Carn and Tara Davidson a year or so ago. And we went out like as a quintet and picked out, like picked up like different musicians in every city and in, in most cases, there are people I didn't even know, and they were great. It was just really cool to that. That was a really cool experience. Yeah, it's happening here to me still. Sure. Yeah. In for the sure. city. Yeah. For sure. Oh, for sure, man. I mean, I've been here for uh, sixteen years, and there's still musicians who've been here just as long who I've who I've never crossed paths. Yeah. With, you know, it's wild. Yeah, it's great. Uh, what do you? What's coming up for you? Um, I'm kind of in town for the winter, which is great because I was away a lot the last, um, while, which was also super fun, but it's nice to kind of just be at home for a bit. So, um, Bernice is working on a new record that we recorded in November. So we're going to be doing some, some more work on that. Um, I've been working on, um, a book of solo bass music and a recording of it. I, I wrote, um, I guess, I don't know, I, I felt like I hit a wall um, writing for bands. Um, you know, I, I got to a point where I, I started realizing that I, I felt like I was writing, like, variations on the same three tunes, which mm-hmm. I think happens to a lot of people. And um, I don't think I did it conscientiously, but I, I started just kind of writing just solo music on the bass. I, and, you know, um, which kind of worked out because I think it kind of got me just outside of my usual lane. Cause I don't know anything. I don't, you know, I don't know anything about composing like yeah. capital C composing. Me neither. Um, you know, um, I know that the top clef's called the tramble clef and then there's the bass <laughs> clef. That's about it. And in between, who knows what those are? No. Uh, and, and so I, I started writing this, um, kind of like these through composed solo pieces that had, you know, spots for improvising in them. Um, and uh, ended up with about 10 of them and uh, recorded them back in May, uh, which is kind of a while ago now. Um, and I've kind of been working through them and I'm, my goal is to, uh, you know, to put, kind of put them out as, as sheet music. Sort of, they're sort of, I mean, I, I, it's kind of funny. I think the whole time I've been having a hard time deciding exactly what they are because I feel like they're, just pieces of music but they also kind of function as etudes like when i was writing them it was like i was writing stuff that was dealing with stuff i was working on on the bass Mm. string changing stuff um shifting 
stuff, uh, double stops, you know. So all of the pieces also address specific things that I was kind of thinking about. So, um, yeah, that's kind of my next, like, uh, personal project is this kind of solo record and, and book project. So I'm going to put that out in the next, in the next four months or something like that. Cool. There's also yeah. like a super cool marketing opportunity there. Oh yeah. Getting other bass players to record themselves <laughs> playing this music. Oh yeah. Since it's written out and posting it and sharing it. Oh, that's a good point actually. Huh? That's very good. Okay. Okay. Someone What's did what? that recently with, Oh uh, yeah. Maybe. Or no, like Beck did it. He like wrote oh, music, but yeah. didn't record it. Song, uh, what was that called? It was like a book that you, you yeah. could buy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I feel like someone in the jazz world did it recently too or something. Yeah. A lot of people were recording themselves playing stuff. Huh. Maybe like Chad Lefkowitz Brown or something. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Huh. I'll gotta I look know. that up. That's a cool idea. That hadn't even occurred to me actually. What should my hashtag be? Let's get down to, I mean, let's get down to business here. The important stuff. I gotta decide on a hashtag. Acquired taste. <laughs> <laughs> I've already been using that one. That's very good. Solo That's bass very stuff. good. Yeah. That's very good. I like that. Uh, yeah, you've done some solo bass gigs, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't check one of those at some time. I've I've done like um have I done I've done one where I played some of this music at, at one of Karen's nights at, at Winona um a while ago now. Um and uh yeah, I so it's kind of funny. This is also it's the first time where I've written a bunch of music that I haven't played really that much. Yeah, you know, because usually like you know, with with Myriad Three, just in terms of stuff I've written with Myriad Three, we tour the stuff and play it a bunch. And same thing for the quartet record I made, but with this one I've been writing it all, and I most of it I haven't actually played outside of recording it. Right. Yeah, mine's all improvised. Everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't write anything. Yeah, which yeah, is yeah. Like the, kind of the easy way out. But also I like, I really like. Uh, drowning by myself in front of people man it's it's you figure shit out real quick absolutely honestly and and going over the mixes of this it's like it's so revealing um <laughs> you know in in terms of like deep bass um gear talk i really really understand how much string noise garbo strings produce now after going yeah. through these they're noisy. I love it so much. Well, I dig it too, actually. I like the texture of it. Yeah. You know, I think it's cool. It almost like, it adds another dimension to the sound. It like helps you hear the room or something or yeah. like hear the, it's like, it makes it more tactile, you yeah. know? Um, and it's something that I feel like you'd hear, you hear that stuff with improvised music and maybe not with composed stuff as much, at least in the, in the kind of jazz realm. But um, yeah, I want to, I got it. I'd love to check out one of those improvised, improvised okay. shows sometime. Yeah. I got to start doing it again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you you've done it in Toronto though, right? Yeah, couple, yeah, yeah, yeah. A couple, three or four, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, you're doing you're booking uh, Winona the the one night at Winona now, right? Yeah, that's great. Not really though. I'm gonna Not be really. like, <laughs> I'm gonna be really selfish for a while. That's fine. And like the first few months, at yeah. least, are just gonna be my band, both sets. Yeah, just yeah. Trying to like for sure. I feel like I've been starved for a working band for a long time, and I yeah. just finally have an opportunity to go at it. So. Absolutely. I mean, when I first started um, booking the the Emmett whenever that was like nine years ago or something. Um, I definitely like started out while I was booking my own stuff. And then until I just was getting too many emails about it. And then I was like, Oh, I can't, I can't. So I, I never book my own bands anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I ought to, but yeah. Yeah, you should, you should. 
Yeah, I'm 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 so slow when it comes to like uh, my own my own projects. Yeah. You know, um, takes me a long time uh, to to. I don't know why that is exactly, but yeah, I don't know if this would be good or bad for uh, the Emmett's business, but it would make it take a little bit of work off of you if you just booked two nighters. Um, so if oh, you just put a band for Sunday and Monday. For Sunday and Monday. It's not a bad idea, actually. And it's like, because bands get to play more, yeah. which is sweet. Well, we've done, I've done, we've done like, um, we've done series before. The last two falls, Jim Lewis has done a monthly. Um, and there's, there's been some other ones too. Yeah. Um, but just somehow like. Well, and and also that's, there's no opportunity for that really these days. Like it's hard to get, yeah. you know, you can do the, like a two night CD release at the Rex, but other than that, it's hard to get a a couple nights in a row right yeah that's a anywhere. good idea i mean to be honest the reason i haven't done that is just because i've always have like a big backlog of people who are looking right. for stuff well tell so. them to fuck off <laughs> yeah i don't know any opportunity to like somehow uh to almost somehow reward people for working with the same unit for a set for totally a man or something you know Absol- like, i mean i you know i think that working band thing is so important i mean this is something i've talked to about you know with friends who lived in new york too it's it's tougher down there because everybody's kind of you know got a hustle a little bit more it's a little bit harder to get a, a like single unit of same the same personnel together all the time you know yeah. but i find it's so important too you know yeah. the the um I mean, it's such a given if you're if you're working in like pop or rock music. Yeah, it's like yeah, like it's a it's really a big deal to change yeah. a member out of a band like that, right? Maybe with the exception of Charlie Parker, nothing cool has happened without a working band. <laughs> Man, and maybe that's Damn. not even true with Charlie Parker because he had some working. Yeah, units, that's. Uh, I mean, if you think if I uh, you know if I'm going to go and think about all like my favorite records, they're all bands. You know, yeah. So it's kind of it's one of those things where it's always been the case, but people get this feeling that it hasn't been the case in jazz music. Yeah. No, absolutely. No, it's so important. We, so we. So what's who, do you have a working band right now? Sort of. Yeah. Uh, on paper, the band is Andrew Miller, Alexi Orechin, Rebecca Hennessy, Emily Steinwall. Great band. But there's some been some subs here and there. Yeah, sure. Or some sure. things. Well, Andrew's out, out east. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a great band though. That's a really nice lineup. I love it. Yeah, man. It's yeah. like exactly everyone's like exactly weird enough and exactly inside enough. Totally. I feel like totally. I, I feel like I have a hard time. Uh, I didn't notice this about myself until I heard Ben Street say it about himself. Mm. Uh, he's too. He's not weird enough for the weirdos and not straight ahead enough for the straight ahead people. <laughs> I mean, that might be why I'm such a huge fan of of his playing too. Yeah. I, I feel like that's a lot of the time my my favorite music is. Um, you know, a mix of, of, um, like it's both very melodic and also very angular. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, and, and getting that balance is like, that's kind of the sweet spot for me with, with music. And a lot of my favorite stuff is like that. It doesn't, and it, you know, I like a lot of stuff that, that veers in one direction or the other, but all my favorite stuff is a mix of like, you know, palatable and also weird, yeah. you know, not palatable is the wrong word, but you know what I mean? Yeah. I do know what you mean. Now, unfortunately, I have to be at work right oh, now. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, that's cool. Maybe I'll go to, I don't know, maybe I'll go to Neuta. <laughs> yeah. Shout out Neuta. Shout out Neuta. Yeah, indeed. Official, it's the official noodle of the Knockout Ginger Bomb. Fuck, we're getting into some good shit, and now I have to bail. Well, let's let's get together another time. 
Yeah, we'll do it. I'm getting around. What am I doing? I'm yeah, mostly learning to drive. I go to a driving school. That's you know, that's what I'm busy with. <laughs> yeah, thanks, man. Thank you for doing this. Yeah, dude. No, yeah, we'll, we'll do it again. And once I figure out my shit. Oh, cool. Oh, yeah.